Hey everybody, welcome back to another fun-filled episode of Burnt Popcorn. I'm your co-host, Mike Laidman, and I'm joined with none other than... Laura Laidman. Each and every week, we take a movie from our past and have a look back to see if it's just nostalgia keeping our high praise of classic films float, or if it really is the real deal and worthy of all the adulation. Which one of us is drinking the white wine here? It's you. Then why do you sound like you're drunk? Because that's what you sounded like when you said your name. Okay. <laughs> well, it's true. You were all like... Laura Layman. I mean, I'll play it I back. said it more cute. Anyway. More cute. Yes. How are you doing, hon? How's your wine? It's uh, delightful. It's not exactly what I was looking for. Same same vinery, but uh, not the same blend. This is a Pinot Gris, and I was hoping for a lovely blend called a Fireside White from a winery called Fielding Estates. Hashtag not spons. Sponsorous <laughs> white wine. Just, like one just day. general as the product sponsor us white wine see i've seen this going off lately i've seen influencers just putting out there like i need a i need a sponsor i need a, a computer sponsor i need a chair sponsor i need a makeup sponsor should we just do that should we just start putting out on our twitter page that we need wine sponsors and we need i uh, want pizza a sponsors wine, and yeah, wine sponsors. pizza chips i really like chips yeah avocados oh, whatever junk junk food we can get for our, our i podcast. love junk food yeah, I mean, I'm all about it. I'm yeah. all about it. Anywho. Anywho. How are you, I, you're good? Well, I'm very well. And yourself, dear? I'm doing pretty good. I have a bit of the acid reflux. That's not as fun as the I guess white wine, but good. the white wine might lead to the acid it reflux. It could. So. That's why, I, I mean, I'm not much of a drinker when it comes to wine, or I'm not much of a drinker when it comes to anything these days, really. I know, because we're old. I don't really... When was the last time I had wine? But I just kind of cra- had a craving for it today. Well, you haven't had it in a while because you just haven't gone out and bought wine. That's all. Because we don't really go out no we stay home a lot and when we stay home a lot we watch movies which is great for you guys because we then have now started to record our thoughts based on the movies and i mean this is not news to you this is episode 13 of this podcast which is crazy look at us go yeah and we're coming up on the new year too which Can you believe that's that's crazy as well i know very full close. of Christmas cheer and white wine and New Year's <laughs> spirit. Well, now you're in post-Christmas cheer mode. Well, this is true, but still, it's very close. It's still cheery, cheery. It's still Christmas cheer any way you slice it. Yeah. Yeah, you're in Boxing Day area cheer? Boxing no. Day sale cheer. We're not even doing that this year. What, Boxing Day sales or? Yeah. Well, I mean, you can still do them online. And stuff. I guess. And they'll last for like six weeks. That's, that's true. That's, that's how the world works now. Well, Boxing Day sales probably started like the day after the black friday sales were done so yeah uh, the, the way they, they go now boxing day free boxing day boxing day sales yeah. anyway yeah anyway anyway we've been watching some movies and this week we watched backdraft which originally hit theaters back in 1991 is that a real chicago farmer's outfit i see on you it's in the blood willie when I heard that both McCaffrey brothers were being assigned here at this station together, my heart was filled with a, a sudden desire to transfer. <laughs> you have a bad day here, somebody dies. Check that door for heat. I mean, is that an accident or is it ours? I'll get that answer as soon as I do. Who know if the floor's gonna be on fire on one of these? Well, when the door's open, if it's hot, don't get out. So you punched out a window for ventilation. Was that before or after you noticed you were standing in a lake of gasoline? You shouldn't have had him up there in the first place. 
You burned him, Stan! Got a stone killer trying to make a point. Three guys have died already this year because of the cuts made by your task force. Let us rewind, shall we, to the wonderful post-80s, but not quite 90s time of May 1991. Mm -hmm. This one is some good news for you. Oh, good. On May 1st, the Angolan Civil War came to an end. That That is good news. That's great news. Yeah. Uh, On May 3rd, the 356th and final episode of CBS's second longest running series, Dallas, which is second only to uh, Gunsmoke airs. Have you ever seen any episodes of Dallas? I've seen that scene where Patrick Duffy is in the shower and it was all a dream. That's the only thing I've ever seen from Dallas. And I'm pretty sure it's because of South Park. Oh, yeah. I guess that scene is... Did they include the scene or did they do a parody of it? I don't even know, but I know I've seen that scene and that's all I know. And they did like a remake of Dallas, but I never watched that They did do a remake of Dallas. I remember that. On May 10th, Oakland A's Jose Consenco is seen leaving singer Madonna's apartment, which led to on May 13th, Yankee Stadium fans singing Like a Virgin to Jose Consenco. Nice. Nice. (laughs) And in the best, best news of all, on May 14th, the world's largest burrito was created at <laughs> 1,126 pounds. And that has not been beat? I honestly can't say. I just, there was not a lot of stuff going on in May of 1991. I guess not, no. So that's the top. So what we got. Fantastic. What about this movie? <laughs> <laughs> well, the good news is this, this 1991 was an interesting year. And the spring box office for 1991 was wacky, to say the least. Okay. I'm excited to hear why it's wacky. So after Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles number two. Yeah, that's a good start for wacky. Left the top spot. We had Out for Justice. What the hell? I don't know that It's got Steven Seagal. Oh, okay. That makes a lot more sense. A movie called Oscar. I assume it's not about Oscar the Grouch. No, it has Sylvester Stallone in a comedy. I have no idea what that movie is. No. No. A movie called FX2. FX2, I know. Oh, okay. I had no idea. FX2. I only know FX because like the guy, maybe I don't know FX. I, I mean, no, I know it. I know it. I just can't remember the reason why I know it. I think FX2 has got the guy from CSI in it. It's got something Dennehy in it. Brian Dennehy? That's the one. Brian Dennehy. I, I know Brian Dennehy's name because of South Park as well. It's a, it's a sequel to a movie called FX from the 80s. Yeah, it's about a, an FX, like a, a special effects artist who like helps solve crimes. And they, they made a TV show out of it. This all sounds ridiculous. And then after that was What About Bob? I remember What About Bob. I don't that, remember anything about What About Bob, but I remember that movie. Uh, it's got Bill Murray in it. I didn't know that. Okay. Is it Steve Martin in it too? No, okay. it's got... Richard Dreyfus. Oh, okay. That's what I'm thinking of. And then we had Backdraft that came out on the four-day weekend and took in 15.7 million. It held the top spot for two weeks before being beaten by City Slickers, 
which is actually a movie I think I'd like to correct. I would like to do City Slickers. Yeah. I remember doing that movie or seeing that movie and I'm really enjoying it. So overall, the top movies of 1991 were Terminator 2 mm-hmm. at $204.8 million, Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves, and Beauty and the Beast. Backdraft was number 14 for the year with a total of $77.8 million domestic. I assume as you've... You were the one who chose this movie. Yes, I did. I that, was very excited to watch this movie. That you've seen this movie. I have seen this movie many times. Really? So... Let's talk about your experience with it, and then we'll get into it. Okay. So mine, we've mentioned her a few times on the show. My aunt, that's not quite an aunt, rented this movie, and we watched it with her. How old would you say you were? I was, it might have been like in 1992 that we watched it. So I was young. And the only thing I remembered about this movie was that the movie was about firemen, Mm -hmm. and that one of the guys dies. But- I didn't remember that as we can get into the movie later. The guy doesn't actually die. He just gets very hurt. Mm-hmm. But that's what I remember. Like That's all I remember. Like When we watched, because we watched the trailer of mm-hmm. this movie last week. When you when you told me we were going to watch Backdraft, we watched the trailer. And I'm like, I don't remember any of this. And then there is one, like, I don't remember the cast. I didn't remember the cast at all. Me either. And until, the, we, until I looked into it. And then the cast of the movie is pretty stacked. It's yeah, got a really good cast. It does. It has. It's a Ron Howard directed film. Which is crazy. I had he's no idea. Big. And like, literally, as we watched the trailer, the only part of the movie I remembered was the shot of the dude opening the door and the backdraft getting him. That's it. Oh. And that's the part where I thought the guy died. And that's all I remember of this movie. So actually, your story about this is quite similar to mine. I had, I went to a... Oh, right. Because you have a story. I remember this. You're like, I have a story about this movie. And see, you're going to be like, so? And because <laughs> after we, now, we talked but... about Gremlins as, and after that, you're just going to be like, so I went to a fairly mediocre home daycare as a kid. Mm-hmm. By far, if this lady got reported, she'd be shut down because she had like 30 kids for her just herself. I might be exaggerating by like five, but no, she was one woman with like a ton of kids. I don't know how she wasn't shut down. And every afternoon, instead of actually doing anything with us, we'd watch movies. And I thought you were going to say every afternoon we watch backdraft. <laughs> we watched backdraft a lot because the kids asked for it. It's an R rated movie. And because it was about firemen and we watched this movie all the time. So I would, if she showed it to us once and like, was like, Oh, never again. No, all the time we watch this movie. But as she would just sit and like read soap (laughs) opera magazines. Well, you guys watch Backdraft. Well, we watch Backdraft all the time. The F-bombs are dropping left and right. People die. Yeah, people die. People People die horrifically. Horribly burned. Terrible language. There's sex scenes like throughout the whole like because we take notes while we're we're watching the movies. Just sort of points that we want to remember. And quite a few moments I'm like, my babysitter showed us this movie (laughs) multiple times and it was again early 90s like i haven't seen this movie since i stopped going to that babysitter which would have been 96 Mm -hmm. because i would be then old enough to stay home by myself and so like i probably watched this movie four or five times a year for four or five years so ballpark it using that how many times would you say you've seen this movie I would say at least a dozen. Was was there any moment when you were watching it that you were just like, 
I remember this perfectly. Like when we watched it uh, this weekend, yeah. uh, two moments. One of them I remembered before the movie, and one while we were watching the movie. And it was the scene when we were watching the movie where William Baldwin, who I'd say I guess is the the second tier B squad Baldwin, yeah, when he saves a mannequin. Yeah, I did remember the mannequin bit from when I saw it as a kid, like, but only as it happened. Yeah. 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 As it happened, I remember that. And then from the very, like going into it, the only scene I truly remember, and the only actors I truly remembered it being in it and the whole thing, for some reason, I think I thought Bill Paxton was in this and that's not right. As like the Kurt Russell character, you think? Maybe. Or the, the William Baldwin. Is he Billy Baldwin or William Baldwin? What in this, he's credited as William Baldwin. Yeah, that and when Kurt Russell gets his side gashed open, I remember that because they they give you a nice big zoom in on this mortal injury that Kurt Russell suffers at the end of the movie. And I'm just like, what was my babysitter thinking? What? I know lots of people who have very positive experiences with home daycare, but I would say we both had. And again, when we were at the home daycare, it was the 90s. People just didn't seem to care about their children in the 90s. Mm -hmm. We both, when we were looking at daycare options for our child, both without telling each other specifics, both went, I don't want my child going to a home daycare. And as time has gone on, things like my babysitter showed us Robocop, my babysitter showed us Backdraft. More and more of these little stories have come to light in the last couple of years since my, our kid has been born. And I like that you're leaving out the one where it's like, my babysitter's husband was a Nazi. <laughs> well, there's that. Mine mine was a single mom whose kid had moved out and just let us all run wild. And there was tons of kids. And it was like, but even then, run wild in her basement and then put the TV on and was like, watch the movie. And that was that. It was Barney. And then it was movies we probably shouldn't have been watching. I know it was the 90s and a different time, but I will not put my child in a home daycare because of this. No, that's fair. And it's fair because of the same thing kind of happened to me that I agree with you. And we we, we're not we're not going down that path. Well, and and that's the thing. Like I and like I said, I know tons of people have really good home daycare experiences and blah, blah, blah. But it's just it's left a bad taste in my mouth because I honestly out of all the stuff that I know she showed us and she showed us movies and i i don't it's backdraft is the only one because we watched it so often the only one that i am certain i've seen at least a dozen times and remembered watching i remember her showing us tons of shows oh she put soap operas on during nap time to watch like nap time Mm -hmm. and it was like i'm eight i don't nap she'd be like well just lay there (laughs) just be quiet and watch my stories yeah Pretty much. So, I mean, it was that or backdraft, and I was like, backdraft, please. <laughs> That's what we should start telling. I'm pretty sure she was a young and restless person. William, you do this. It's that or backdraft. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, <laughs> we have no option. We are doing backdraft today. Yeah, we already did backdraft. We already did backdraft. <laughs> so, let's get into it. Uh, right, off, right off the bat. This is one of those rare movies where an actor plays their own father in the movie. Yeah, I had no idea. I was like, wait, I get two Kurt Russell? Double like, the Kurt Russell. And you know right from the get-go that Kurt Russell is going to die. Yeah. Like the first Kurt Russell and then possibly the second Kurt Russell. <laughs> but like, you know, because I, I knew, I, I was like pretty sure, because I, I remember one of the main people getting really badly hurt, like yeah. I said. And then like the dad 
shows up and I'm like, oh, well, there's no way he doesn't die because Kurt Russell isn't playing two characters throughout the whole movie. And then I was like, I'm pretty sure because Kurt Russell's this like, I'm the rebel, you know, I'm a rock star fireman. I play by my own rules. You can't tame me. I'm like fire myself. You know, with that attitude, he's going to die. Right. Yeah. So, but yeah, so it was like, oh, two Kurt Russells for the price of one. Double your Kurt Russell. And now pl- he plays Kurt- Santa. Yes, he does play Santa. Canonically, he is the only Santa I will accept. <laughs> okay. <laughs> not, not Tim Allen? <laughs> no, fuck that guy. He's racist. <laughs> Kurt Russell's a nice guy. There you go. There you go. So Kurt Russell plays his his own dad, mm-hmm. which, you know, I, I, I don't know where else I'm going to put this in. So I'm going to put it in right now. Who thought that Billy Baldwin could pass as Kurt Russell's brother? Because they don't look anything alike. Yeah, no, there's... It might be the worst brother casting I've ever seen. Yeah, like, it's not even remote. Like, it was like the casting director was like, because I could almost see, because Alec has a more filled out face and he's more traditionally handsome, like Kurt Russell is. And I could almost see like Alec being able to pull it off because he and Kurt Russell are both traditional old Hollywood handsome. Yeah. Like, we both watched 30 Rock all the way through and we watched it together. Like the scene where Alec does the, I got to get back in that bubble where he's, you see him on the HD TV and he's very handsome. Well, it's like, like young. Him. It's like hunt for red October him. Yeah. And it's like Alec Baldwin in the eighties and like early nineties was a stone cold Fox, but like old Hollywood stone cold Fox and Kurt Russell, same thing. They've got this like almost macho esque, but in a gentlemanly way. Look about them. Mm-hmm. Billy Baldwin looks like a skis. Yeah. Like he's... he looks like if someone who kind of looked like Alec Baldwin was trying to pick up chicks at a bar by pretending he was Alec Baldwin, by pretending he was Alec Baldwin or related to Alec Baldwin. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah, yeah, my brother, my brother. It's like, yeah, but you're not Alec. You're Billy. Yeah. So did I ever tell you? Oh, God. Have you met? No. A Baldwin? I, I, like have, of I have met a Baldwin. Wait, what? Which I Bal- have. What Baldwin did you meet? I met Stephen Baldwin. No, you did not. I did. Back in college when I worked at the campus radio station. Oh, my God. They were filming this movie at the radio station at the college itself. I remember they completely like redid our college to look like it was a space station or something. Not a space station, but like a, like a, like NASA or something. Okay. Yeah. Like a headquarters yeah it was a sci-fi channel movie oh and Stephen yeah. baldwin was the main character i think it was about asteroids and for some reason Stephen baldwin became really friendly with the program director at my radio station my my program director was doing an on-air set and i was in there talking to him because i had a show and we were discussing like you know like oh you know for this is, is this good? i don't even remember it was radio shit so it doesn't matter we were talking about what stuff i needed to do for the radio show and as i'm getting ready to leave the door flies open and I almost get hit by the door and it's Stephen Baldwin. And he goes, the, our program director, his name is Gunner. His nickname was Gunner. They're like, Gunner, when are we going to get these sandwiches? And he's like, I'll be right there. He's like, awesome. And then he closed the door and left. That's how I met Stephen Baldwin. He almost hit me with the door because he really wanted sandwiches. Wow. Because <laughs> like, Stephen Baldwin, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Yeah, just looking here, Stephen Baldwin is the one whose kid is married to Justin Bieber. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, but know that. it's so funny. I don't know if it was listening. I was like, which? Because I know there's there's Stephen and yeah. obviously Alec and obviously William, but there's one more. So I googled the Baldwin brothers, 
And the main one that Google focused on was Stephen, who is arguably the third most famous of the Baldwin brothers. Yeah, that's weird. So it's probably listening to you. What was the what was the other Baldwin? Daniel Baldwin. Daniel Baldwin. Right? Oh, it's yeah. just so Daniel Baldwin looks kind of like Oh, there's a mugshot right off the bat for Daniel. There's Baldwin. a mugshot for Daniel Baldwin. Oh yeah, it's it's a bad time. Oh, why is oh, oh Baldwin's. Yeah, like Oh, Stephen's actually like tiny. <laughs> I love that we're just talking about Baldwin's and the whole thing was about how whether or not Stephen or Billy Baldwin. But he doesn't. Like, I would say out of all of them, the one that could pass is Alec. And even then, it'd be like, well, maybe mom cheated. You know what I mean? <laughs> okay. But yeah, Billy Baldwin looks nothing like Kurt Russell. So anyway, yeah, the movie, the movie starts off with the, the Earthstorm. Mm-hmm. That's the name of the movie. It is about a giant asteroid attacking or coming after the Earth, Earthstorm. That's the Stephen Baldwin movie. Anyway. Anyway. Back to this movie. So back to this movie. <laughs> it's a 3.6 on IMDb. Are you surprised? <laughs> no. So this movie is um, starts out obviously like the two young brothers are kids and they don't look anything alike as children either. No. But I would say the casting of the children is actually half decent. It's better than. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to say maybe mom cheated. Or maybe dad had two different wives. Maybe. Like one and then divorced and then had another kid and the kids were half brothers, but they never mention it. So True. who knows? Anyway. Uh, do they even mention the mom at all? I don't remember that. No. Yeah, okay. No, but like getting in the movie, dad, Kurt Russell, saves a fellow firefighter. He saves uh, Scott Glenn. Scott Glenn. The axe um, man. Adcott. Or Ad, Axcott. Ad- it's like Acton or something like that, but his they call him Axe. Yeah. Like or as as his like nickname. Yeah. Yeah. Addicts, Ad Ad Cox. Something like that. Anyway, saves him, dies, and then Billy Baldwin as a child is on the cover of Time magazine. Not a good actor. No, but the what here's the thing I loved about this entire sequence. So first of all, Kurt Russell's helmet lands on the ground. Like Django Fett's head did at the at the end of uh, Attack of the Clones, and then he cradles the head, like the helmet, like like he cradles the head. He cradles Just the head. Dead head. Dead head. Oh no, he that's cradles a much darker movie. Well, that's the thing. I mean, if you look at the Django Fett scene, he's holding it, and it's like, is his dad's head in that helmet? Like, yeah, it's like, uh, but yeah, he, he cradles the helmet. How does that helmet. helmet even like? Because it it didn't like blow off him. He was just like, it was it was a little silly. It was silly, but. I, I took note of this because I thought it was so weird. The cameraman like rushes up to like an inch from his face and is taking photos of him like screaming in pain as his dad has died. Mm-hmm. And then the photo shows up on the cover of the magazine and it's like from like 50 feet away. Yeah, it's not hyper realistic, but like those well, sorts of photos do happen, though. Like photographers get right in there and it's like. On one hand, it's like, yeah, these sort of moments have to be documented. But, but isn't that the hand, point of a zoom lens? Like this is true. You, you don't just run up to it, the it people and take a close it up. Would, it wouldn't have fit on the screen. I yes. guess yes, no. But but then we jump forward and Billy Baldwin. I don't even remember the brothers' names. It's just it's Billy Baldwin and Kurt Russell. Yeah, like who cares, right? Like one of them, Stephen. One of them is Stephen. Brian. Brian is Billy Baldwin. Stephen is Kurt Russell. Steven is Kurt Russell. Doesn't matter. They're Billy and Kurt They're Russell. Billy and Kurt. Yeah. Yeah. So they uh, jump forward, and Billy Baldwin is graduating the the fire academy, and he's at a bar, and the whole thing, and the bar 
has the Time magazine that he's on the cover, right? Like, yeah. And it's like, man, that would be awkward. Yeah, I, I, I guess it was a, a fireman, quote unquote, fireman's bar. Yeah, which is you know? a thing. Like, oh, I know. There's like yeah. cop bars and firefighter bars and stuff. Like, they that that's not unheard of, especially in a big city like Chicago, because it takes place in Chicago. Yeah. I wonder if the movie Chicago or the show Chicago Fire has anything to do with Backdraft. I maybe it's a, a pseudo sequel. I don't think it is. No, it's not. I yeah. kept. I, it's funny because they filmed it in Chicago. So I spent half the movie being like, that looks like Dark Knight, because that was also filmed in Chicago. Oh, I honestly didn't know that. Well, now you know. Well, anyway, and then, you know, it's him graduating and he gets his assignment and he and his buddy, Tim. Yes. Tim are both assigned to Luck of the Draw. Not really, because Kurt Russell's character is like, he's a lieutenant and he, I guess, is super highly respected among other firefighters. I guess because of his dad. I don't know. Because of his dad or his methods or what. But then it... Like Scott Glenn later is like, you know why you're going to be stuck as lieutenant? It's like, because he's so risky. It's like, on one hand, they're acting like he's super respected and highly regarded. And then in another flip, it's like, yeah, but not really. Yeah. You're reckless. Yeah, he's reckless. Yeah. But he gets results. Yeah. So he's assigned to him. And then like his brother puts him through the paces. And then like the whole movie, like because then you see, again, this is when I was like, my babysitter let us watch this movie all the time the first backdraft of the film guy just walks up to his nice home in the suburbs and opens the door and boof not only is it a fireball but it explodes him into his own car like through the the windshield windshield. and he's burnt to a crisp in the windshield and you see it close up. there's a long shot of his corpse his burnt corpse sitting in the window of his car. Not even sitting. It's through the windshield. Yes. We watch this at my babysitter's <laughs> all the time. It's gory. The makeup effects and special effects are fantastic. So, okay. I got two points I want to make regarding this scene. Yes. One, this was my first remembrance that this movie is a murder mystery. Yeah, I totally forgot that part. I did not remember that the trailer we watched last week does not make it out to be a murder mystery. No, it's... It's, it's a movie not, about firefighters. Well, I remember like the whole movie, there's like, it's like, oh, it's an arsonist. And like, you know, arson tends to lead to accidental kills. Yes. It does happen. There's there's lots of stories of there, one very famous case in California of a fire investigator who was actually the person who was setting the fires and a few people died, but they were all accidents. But like, he still he went to jail for murder because like, screw you, buddy. You yeah. murdered a grandma and her grandson. Like, you goodbye anyway no i i was like okay it's arson and like people accidentally die no 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 all the deaths are intentional this guy is murdering people with strategic specialized fire and it's like yeah no and like even then like when you find out who like i'm jumping way ahead but it's like why he had proof why didn't he just go to the press with it? Yeah. Why did he murder them? Yeah. <laughs> Why not just go to the press? Because like with fire, you're a firefighter. You should know accidents happen. And speaking of being a firefighter and you should know better, they are all smoking. They are constantly smoking. Which I mean, I know it's 1991, but like, I just can't imagine that being that accurate. And even then when I looked up reviews online, a lot of like, I was going to say customers, but a lot of like just regular consumers of film, like you and I, not critics. Yeah. A lot of like negative reviews came from people who are like, my husband's a firefighter. And what are you thinking putting them as smokers? Because there's no way, even in the early 90s, they were not smoking. They knew better. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, well, 
obviously it's a movie and it's not entirely realistic, but that was a, a big point that I was like, they're all smoking. Yeah. Constantly. Constantly. It's like watching Mad Men. At the scene of fires. Yeah, which is like. Like, wouldn't you be worried that you would be like, oh, this started it back up, you know? like, Well, especially because you see one moment where Robert De Niro, because I totally didn't know De Niro was in this. Yes. De Niro's chewing someone out for doing something and not realizing they were standing in a lake of gasoline. It's like, th- that could literally happen. They're all standing around smoking cigarettes. Yeah. It's like, I'm surprised they didn't go into, like, maybe someone caught fire with a cigarette. But. Here we are. Maybe it was funded by like Philip Morris. Maybe. Who knows? Sponsor sponsorship opportunities, right? The other thing I wanted to point out about the scene is I caught a glimpse of the guy who blew up, like the actor. Mm-hmm. And I was like, why do I recognize that guy? So I looked him up and he is Professor Strudwick, who is Dick's nemesis on Third Rock from the Sun. <laughs> Which is such like the fact that you like recognized him at all in the moment where he wasn't wearing all the makeup of well, it probably was it was probably not even him. It's probably just a prosthetic it was, thing. Yeah. Well, it wasn't even him. It was oh, probably like just a, a like dummy a mannequin. Yeah, like a prosthetic mannequin kind of thing. Mannequin isn't a prosthetic. You know what? I, okay, I I, pro, I mean I, I think I'm trying to say prop. Yes, is what I was, was trying to say. He's a prop. Yeah. So he's in it for like a third of a second, and then you recognize. And him I'm like, him. who is that guy? And I looked at him up, and he's Strudwick from The Rock from the Sun. <laughs> but then, like after they've like had this, because this is like it's very early in the film that Billy Baldwin there rescues the mannequin, as we mentioned from a what would you a textile mill? Like what would that kind of look like a mall? They said what the the one with the mannequin that was. Uh, they said it was a like a fabric district or something like that. Oh well, either way, because it was like storefronts, but it also looked very run down, so it was very bizarre. Yeah. But anyway, after that, then it's him and his buddy Tim in the shower, naked. You see butts. Yeah. And again, I'm like my babysitter. Let me watch. As soon as you saw those butts, you started writing something down, and I'm I like, wrote, "Oh, okay." Butts, bay. Be sitters, <laughs> but then after the butts, it leads into what every '80s and early '90s film needs—a montage. Yes, which was like the scene that they were showing during the montage, and the song that was playing over the montage did not make any sense whatsoever. Yeah, like it was. I'm trying to remember the the context of the song because like it's 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 jumping around from him like training to like them looking at like corpses mm-hmm. and like rescuing people but it's like this like lo- slow love jam almost yeah which was like uh, totally this just does not work <laughs> yeah and then at, you start getting more into like kurt russell is taking his brother on calls and like they're they're going out together with the team and the whole thing and you see more and more like to me kurt russell's character didn't come across as like i said this reckless rebellious man who gets result he seemed insane yeah they, they all are insane but like kurt russell especially because at least like axe and the other guys were kind of like you know let's stick together and blah 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 and he's like no i'm gonna go do this i'm going to talk to the fire tell me where you are baby tapping oh, on walls I'm they, like, they it's all, not a person steve they all talk about the fire like it's a dude that's like wearing a mask and hiding from them in the like around the corner like yeah. hee, 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 i'll get those firemen yeah like, and like this fire is twirling its mustache being like ha ha like i was expecting the way they kept talking about the the, the fire 
at one moment there to be like a shot of the fire where it's like very clearly like a wolf face and it being like or yeah, something like some like sort that. of like because they, they there's ton the fire effects in the movie are fantastic they're phenomenal it looks beautiful and like the i would say the effects on the fire hold up great because like fire a lot of times see, looks awful in movies when it's fake yeah like but this one they do a great job with the fire which because it was probably all real fire but even then and like but they're I was really expecting, like you said, like, and you know what? I bet you if this movie was filmed today, they would have done it where like in one shot where like Steve's like, and he rubs his eyes and he's like, what? Or something like that. Or like, or maybe it was like, cause at one point, cause Donald Sutherland plays an arsonist, right? Like he doesn't, he only has like two scenes, but he plays like this crazy arsonist and Billy Baldwin goes to see him at one point. He's like, tell me what you know or whatever. And he's like, no. oh, you've seen it. You've seen the real thing or the whatever. The fire looked at you. It, it looked at you. It looked and, at you, boy. Yeah. And I was expecting maybe in one of those scenes, it was Billy Baldwin, you know, and he, you know, things are going crazy around him. He looks at the fire and it's like rolling over the ceiling. And in that moment, it looks like it's a, you know, a racing bear or lion or something. And he rubs his eye and then it just looks like real fire again or something. Or no. eyes or just straight eyes. Yeah. Or like a demon or something. And they don't do that. But I feel like if this movie came out today, that's something they'd do. <laughs> Watch the sequel and find out if that's something they do. Backdraft two. That's something that we just kept saying all the time. Was like, there's a backdraft two. Like we kept like discovering it by accident. Don't worry, we'll we'll discuss that at the end. Okay. (laughs) But yeah, and then like literally on one call, like the because Kurt Russell's always telling Billy to stick close to him. He's always like, stay with me, stay with me. You know, I'm gonna keep you safe, and you know, and they they're fight, they're doing the brother like, you know, he's all the younger brother's like. You don't trust me. You're treating me worse than you would for any new guy. And Kurt Russell's like, I've treated you better than any new person. I've showed you everything I know. And they have like this brother drama. And then at one point, they're in a burning building. And he's like, go check in there. And he's like, it's not safe. I'm going to wait. And he's like, you have to do it. And he's like, it's not safe. And then after that, literally, the, the montage was like for a day. Yeah. It wasn't like months. It was literally like 24 hours in this montage. It was pointless. And then after that, it was like, Oh, Billy Baldwin wouldn't race into this room in a fire unsafely. Kurt Russell's just like, you ain't cut out for this. Yeah. And he's just like, yeah, you're right. And like goes and takes up a job offer with Robert De Niro to be like his assistant as an arson investigator. But he doesn't, it's it's not even It's not even through him, it's through the city. But it's just like, what? But literally you wouldn't do one thing against regulation and you're like, yeah, you're right, I should quit. I was like, what? Yeah, I'm not cut out to do this. Uh, because I'm not doing the job specifically how I was told not to do the job? What? Not every day can be trying to catch chickens on the turnpike. That Stephen was a pretty Ball. funny sh- shot. Yeah, when the, the truck fell over. And yeah. Meanwhile, like realistically, I feel really bad for the chickens because that's terrible. And it does happen. Right. Dun, 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 dun. I like that we, we started talking about that like it was a funny scene. And then you just made it very bring down a fun time. Yeah. And also, so that's they when he becomes the arson investigator and that's when you bring in Donald Sutherland for the first time. Because yeah. like they know someone is setting these fires intentionally, but they don't know who and they're looking for clues. And, you know, they're showing us arson investigation and stuff. And they always visit this like arsonist who it turns out was the reason why Robert De Niro is no longer a firefighter. He's an arson investigator because he got really badly hurt in yeah. one of this guy's fires. La, 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 la. So they go see him. and. One thing I've noticed is Donald Sutherland has looked like a 75-year-old for like 
40 years. Yeah, no kidding. He hasn't changed at all since the 80s. He looks like he did in like Invasion of the Body Snatchers, which is from the 70s. Yeah, like he just looks the same. And every time I hear his voice, you know the only thing I can think of? The the guy on The Simpsons with the Jebediah Springfield thing? Yeah. 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 You're banned from this historical society. And your children and your children's 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 for two months. Yeah. Like that's all I can think of whenever I hear his voice. So yep. anyway, but he play he does a great job as like a firebug. Like yeah, he does fantastic. Yeah, fantastic he's job. good in everything. Yeah, well, I mean, th- especially th- in the Simpsons. There's a re- <laughs> there's a reason that they cast you know a well known good actor to be that character. I would say just to give that character more weight in his two small appearances. Yeah, he only has a couple like quick appearances, and that's that. And then we go into the theater where our next person is killed. Where by the next person is blown up. Yes. And again, it's graphic and the effects are fantastic. And I'm just like, what was my babysitter thing? <laughs> <laughs> and then after that, they're, they they take him to the autopsy and it's very graphic. Yeah, they look and, at the corpses. And, and they still got the corpse from the first guy. So they know that this is this is happening very close together. Yeah, because that, that other guy's corpse is just hanging out. Kind yeah, of they thing. still have it. They're like comparing notes between the two corpses. They're just both sitting there all burnt to a crisp. Yeah, with Clint Howard. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Clint Howard is the mortician. Yeah. Ooh. He's one of those actors when you were like, Clint Howard? And I was like, what do you? Who? And then I looked at him and I looked at his IMDb and I'm like, oh, yeah. Yeah. And then uh, like Robert De Niro is like, well, I'm not going to call it arson yet. I'm not going to. It's like, we're going to wait and see. And I'm like, wait and see for what? More dead people? You know, this guy is very effective at killing people. He's going to let more people die just to like, well, we'll get more evidence when he kills more people. I'm just like. (laughs) What is wrong okay. with the people in this movie? Clearly, there's something wrong with Robert De Niro's character as well, because there's literally a scene in this movie, and I wrote this down too, is he's explaining fire and fire damage and how it uh, how fire works to Stephen Baldwin. Stephen Baldwin. One to, of the Baldwins. To Billy Baldwin. And they should to, have just had like two Baldwins in this, but then we would have missed out on Kurt Russell yeah. playing two characters. And but like to prove to prove his point about fire and how fire works, he lights a fire in a place that already has fire damage and obviously arson that could then ignite another giant fire. They they're investigating; they don't know what's in there yet. Yeah, so he just lets this fire burn. Well, he has his speech. He could have had that speech and it had it been just as impactful without setting fire to a building. No, <laughs> and I'm like, you're destroying evidence. I thought that was very odd. Yeah, it's, it's dumb. It was it was very silly, but yeah, no, I mean it fits the tone of but this yeah, movie so, where everyone, all the firemen are insane. Yeah, so Billy Baldwin's off working with Robert De Niro. So Kurt Russell then instead takes his buddy Tim under his wing and like as a replacement brother, and just almost immediately gets him killed. Well, not killed, severely, grievously, life-alteringly injured. Yeah, and this is the guy. This is the shot. The guy hitting the door and the fire blowing him up. That's yeah. the th- the scene in the movie I remember from like being a kid and when, when we watched the trailer and being like, that's the scene I know. Like, and this it's is that graphic. Part. You see him horribly, horribly burned. And horribly he's like, burned. Because like it explodes in his face. It's not just fire. Like, these are like explosions into their face and it like shatters his like his oxygen respirator. Mask, yeah. And so it's like melting onto his face and it's very good effects. And he has no hair when you see him again. Yeah. Like he, it's very realistic to which I wrote down, man, I really did go to a crap babysitter. <laughs> <laughs> and 
then I was like, I knew from the get go that Tim was fucked. Yeah, I, I as soon right as I off saw the bat. as soon as I saw Tim, I'm like, oh, Tim's the dude that died. He's, he, he's the buddy. He has to go. Like he yeah. has to. It's got to be some sort of like moral turning point for people. Is that like all oh, the the bright eyed bushy tail? Because this guy is so eager. Yeah, and he's like, I'm going to be a great firefighter. And he's like, right, like when the first guy dies at the beginning, they like race over to see it, even though they're not officially on the team yet. And they're like, oh, he's like, oh, this is the real deal. He's jumping around. He's like, whoa, what can I do? I can do this. I can do this. And they're like, get out of the fucking way. Yeah. Yeah. You knew from the get go that this guy was going to die. But he doesn't die. He just gets horribly disfigured and you never see him again. Yeah. And even then after that, like. The firemen aren't even like, it feels like they don't even take fire seriously. It's like they have a fetish for it, which I mean, it feels like the opposite of what a a firefighter would want to be is someone who's fetishizing the fire. Yeah. Because they're putting the fire out. Yeah. Also, Kurt Russell being, you know, this reckless character. Mm Mm-hmm. He doesn't live with his wife. He's got a kid he never sees. He's living on some abandoned boat. And then like his wife is seeing someone. You see in one scene. And he's ugly. Yeah. He's Kurt, not Kurt Russell handsome no, at all. not even close. But I mean, how many people can compare to Kurt Russell? Yeah. He got Goldie Hawn. Oh, I'm aware. She's beautiful. Okay. Anyway. But then the wife sleeps with Kurt Russell. And I'm like, but they're still technically married. But she is seeing somebody else. Who's being cheated on in this scenario? Yeah, good question. The, the, it the, is a thinker. It's a very odd marital situation. I can see the wheels in your head yeah. just turning. You're like, wait, what? And like, you could tell like Kurt. And again, I felt from the beginning, I'm like, I'm pretty sure Kurt Russell dies just like his dad did. He's too reckless, too rebellious. And I am like, but then like seeing him trying to reconnect with his kid and reconnect with his wife. And I'm just like, yeah, no, he's 100% dead because, like, he's never going to be able to, like, do that, like, reconnection that he, he so wants. And then he's going to die. So, like, it's it's all tragedy, right? Like, it's like he never got to be in his son's life again and blah, blah, blah. I was like, well, no, he's definitely screwed. Yeah, I, I, I didn't think that he was going to die. I did not. Oh, so no, I did. So I was when, when he, he did die. Speaking of him being a terrible firefighter, they just leave their, what, what's this kid, six, seven years old? Yeah. Yeah. Alone yeah. with the stove making breakfast. And he's doing a terrible job. And he's like just it, hucking anything he can into the pan. And they just, they're like, you know what? Mom and dad are going to talk for a minute. Just leave the kitchen and close the door. Cause yeah. it's like, not like a modern kitchen where it's all open concept. Nope. There is a door to the kitchen and they just walk out and close the door. And I'm like, this is a firefighter. His first like instinct should be, no children left alone in stoves. That's how fires start. Only you can prevent forest fires. You know, like he's a fireman and yeah. he's just like, all right, little boy, enjoy, have at your, it. enjoy your time alone with the, with the stove. Yeah. And I'm like, what is he doing? Yeah. Yeah. That was a weird, a weird little bit. No, I did not know. I didn't realize he was going to, he was going to die. Oh, something that we did gloss over, which is just kind of like a weird, weird, weird thing in this movie. So the brother, not Kurt Russell, but Billy Baldwin. Yeah. He is at the scene where his friend gets burned badly because he was banging a girl on the top of the fire truck. Yep. Jennifer Jason Lee. Yes. Which that whole scene, I wrote down a whole bunch of notes for that scene because of the tone changing between the, the terrible fire 
and the horrific burning of Tim. It keeps cutting back and forth to playful sex on top of the fire truck with Billy Baldwin. Also, something else I wrote down, her bra not only is sitting on top of the fire truck. Somehow gets wrapped around the hose. It gets wrapped around a hose somehow. And she never just- takes her shirt off. Yeah. Was it? A, no, it wasn't because he holds it up. It's a bra. I'd be like, well, maybe it's a thong. No, it's no, her it bra. Was her it doesn't bra. make any sense. The bra is wrapped around the... He gets her bra off without taking her shirt off, which I'm sure it's is doable, it's doable, but impressive. But why would you do it that way? I don't know. It's an R-rated movie. She should have had her boobs out. <laughs> That's so sexist. Just, it's R-rated for language. And I, I graphic, know, I know. A like graphic, graphic injury. Fire, murder, death. But no, that was just really weird. So that's that, that was just another weird thing about this movie is his buddy. He gets to see his buddy horrifically burned because he's banging some girl on top of the fire truck. Yeah. And then so after that, they're like, so the focus of the movie then switches to like 100 percent rather than firefighting into arson investigation. Arson investigation. But yeah. then it switches gears again, almost. And like not even art, but like law and order. Yeah, kind of. <laughs> Which is fine. But then Robert De Niro and Billy Baldwin go to the crooked alderman yeah. place to be like, okay, we're going to confront this guy because we know something's going on where the, like, the people that have been attacked are attached to this guy somehow. We got to figure it out. Well, and they go to his place and they knock on the door. There's no answer. And they're just like, in we go. Yeah. I just walk in and I'm like, that's what? Being a fireman doesn't mean you can just walk in. And then suddenly it's like, oh, nope. Someone was attacking him. Oh, there's a gas leak. Now they're heroes. I guess it all worked out in the end. But yeah. like, still, I was like, being a fireman doesn't mean you just walk on in with no cause. Yeah. It, not even just like fireman. You're an arson investigator. Yeah. Like, it's like, do you see arson? Yeah. No, you can't. I'm, I'm here to investigate arson. Just, <laughs> but, uh, where, where was the arson you saw? Oh, I threw a match. Like, the, yeah. <laughs> like <laughs> I was just like, they just were like, nope, going on in. Probable arson cause, <laughs> you know, like, yeah, yeah no, I, I, I thought that was very odd too. But okay, but that led to an amazing scene. Okay, so so Billy Baldwin gets in a fight with the arsonist who is there on the scene wearing a ski mask. Mm-hmm. During the scene, the arsonist is injured. Yes. By being held against the the malfunctioning outlet, which is the cause of the explosion. Which, oh. It's where the fire starts, yep. is in the outlet. So he's held against the sparking outlet. And the sparking outlet badly burns the arsonist, Mm -hmm. which is how we lead to figuring out who the arsonist is, Mm -hmm. unless you were paying attention to one line of dialogue earlier in the movie, because they basically try to blame it on the brother. They try to make it look like the the brother. And and as soon as they made it look like the brother, I'm like, no, it's not the brother. It's this guy because because of one line of dialogue at the beginning of the movie, which is, okay, so they find out that there's a, a chemical that's starting the fires. Yep. And the chemical is in paint and the paint is the same paint that Kurt Russell is using to paint his boat. Yep. But there's a line at the beginning of the movie that's, where did you get all this paint? Oh, Axe gave it to me. So as soon as they were like, oh, it's this chemical. I'm like, oh, well, then that's that guy. Yep. That guy's the murderer. Not, yep. not this red herring. So Billy Baldwin goes to the firehouse to investigate Axe and Axe comes walking out of the shower with an outlet completely burned into his shoulder. And that triggers the memory in Billy Baldwin's head that this is the, this is the arsonist. But he has a flashback, but they don't show the flashback. It's just Billy Baldwin staring into space with, ah, playing over it. Yeah, and like, if I were this guy 
like the the arsonist, I wouldn't be doing anything where that injury. Would that you I, not put a band aid over it? Yeah, at least? like. like like he at one point he's got a towel slung over it so you can't see it. Just leave the towel there. Yeah, or like, get a bandage on it. Yeah, but even like and even then you're right though. Like that is a horrific injury. Like burns get infected very easily. Like put a bandaid on it. Put some polysporin on that shit. See a doctor. You could actually get a really bad infection and die from that. Don't just walk into a hot shower with your burn exposed. Yeah. Like uh, so. Yeah. They he realizes it's. It's Axe that's doing it. Like they they realize it and then he tells his brother and everything. And then they're like, oh, there's a fire. Are we, yeah. are we letting him come with us? Yeah. We, we, you're, the, you're his lieutenant. Yeah. Tell him can, to stay back. Yeah. Be like, I need you to stay here for things and stuff. Or heck, just like fucking arrest him. I don't know. The firemen in this movie seem to have some sort of legal power. So let's just. Yeah. Okay. So, so he's like, I'm not going to tell him. At this moment, but then you find out that he overheard the entire conversation. Yeah, and they go off on the on the thing, and Billy Baldwin tags along, and he he hops into a different fire truck, and everybody looks at him, and no one questions why he's there. Yeah, he's not part of their fire team. He just hopped on and got on the truck, and they're just like, oh, okay. Yeah, it's like good to know that if there's like, here's a uniform, a fire truck goes by, like because we're not far from a station. If one goes by and it like slows to stop, they can hop in and they yeah, just like, hop in. They'll give you a uniform and off you go. They're like, all right, guess I'm a firefighter now. Good for me. Probably good benefits. I mean, at the same time, they were probably all like, oh, he's a fireman. He's here to help us because they did say something to the effect of like, there's budget cuts and they're not. They don't have enough men. In yeah, because the whole and- movie revolves around this alderman faking that there were shortages and o- overstaffing, cutting the budgets, cutting the the staff. And then more firemen getting hurt and dying because they don't have enough people to fight the fires. Yeah, and he was embezzling money. And he was embezzling money for his own thing with these other guys. And then Axe is getting vengeance by backdraft killing them. But like, which again, you had the evidence. Why didn't you go to the, the journalist? Yeah, he had the evidence. If he just went to a journalist, like a good one, they would be able to expose it, which they do in the movie. That's the other thing. There, they- yeah, there is a scene where someone calls a journalist and explains it to them. And the journalist blows them off. But even then, like, but they, at the end, they show up at the alderman's office and are like, boop, 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 but the press is there. Here you go. Here's all the evidence. And it's like, now he's in trouble. He's never going to get reelected, da, da, da. But like, why didn't Axe just do that instead of murdering people? I love that his first thought was, well, I need to figure out a way to make sure this stops. I could murder some people. Yes, murder. <laughs> murder with fire seems to be, yes. This seems to be the most logical way to solve my problem. It's yeah. like, none of this is right. But then, so they let him come on this call and he's a friggin' murder. I actually wrote, he's a murderly erdler. <laughs> and then like, they're having like brother talks, blah, blah, while the building's burning around them. It's a chemical fire. It's crazy. And I'm just like, guys, nobody has time for any of this stuff right now you're all on fire yeah they're talking about the murders on the roof like axe and and, yeah, and, and like, kurt guys, russell are talking the, the building is burning out from under you you cannot have this conversation right now yeah go down the ladder then have the conversation yeah be like guys okay but instead they have an axe fight but they don't really I have know. an axe fight they tease so an axe hyped. fight why couldn't they just have an axe fight we both turned to each other and went axe fight and then we both wrote down axe fight and then there is no axe fight if you want a really good sort of fight like that though mandy with the chainsaw fight 
chainsaw fight was cool. Yeah, I agree. That was that was fantastic. Yes, but no axe fight. They they pick up their axes and they like like they're gonna hit each other, and then no axe fight. Yeah, and then so they fall through the roof and like it's a big thing, and then axe is about to fall, and Kurt Russell's holding on to him, and he's like, "I'm not gonna let you fall," and it's like, "You no." Like, he's like, he's like, let me fall. He's on fire. Yeah, he's kind of going. He's like, if you go, we go. And then they both drop. But then he doesn't even like, like Axe falls and dies. Yeah. But Kurt Russell lands on a catwalk. Axe and that's- falls on like a thing of flaming barrels and blows up. Yeah. Like. <laughs> that's chemical fire. Yeah. But then. Kurt, that's when you see Kurt Russell's huge gash in his side, which is one of the only things about this movie I remember. And he's obviously dying at that point. It's a mortal wound. And like people come in and then Billy Baldwin's like, oh, you know, we got a man down, man down. Come, we need help. And the two firefighters who come in, they lose the hose immediately. Yeah. And Billy like jumps down to get the hose. And then he just kind of like stares at the hose and stares at the fire that's when i thought like the monster animal face was going to show up he's just staring at things it's all slow-mo and and i'm like why are you standing there your brother is dying we don't have time for this billy baldwin (laughs) and then he finally gets his shit together and then like he is like sprayed and they they get kurt russell out of there and they get him in the ambulance and he flatlines. And then they, uh, one of the things, because we did a CPR class. Yeah. And I've watched quite a few seasons of Bondi Rescue. And one of my nitpicks that I have about cinema now from both doing the CPR, updated CPR training, and Bondi Rescue, which I'd highly recommend for some beach viewing, is CPR and defibrillators in fiction are bullcrap. He flatlines. So they try to charge him with the defibrillator and then do the chest compressions. One, I know they can't do it for real because they'd really hurt Kurt Russell. <laughs> so it's, don't hurt Kurt Russell. But like I've seen, because of Bondi Rescue, real chest compressions on a real person who was essentially dead and then come back. Your rib cage bound, it's like a trampoline. They hammer it it's not just one two three it is boom 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 they are going so hard that your ribs are caving in and out it is like a trampoline Mm -hmm. it's disgusting and then only once you get a slight rhythm can you defibrillate a flat line will not do anything with the defibrillator you're if it's flat you got to get it you actually have to get the the rhythm going before you can defibrillate well there you go I did not know that. You did the CPR class with me. I, I I don't remember that part. It's very important. It might have been when I was in the bathroom, that part. You need to catch up on Bondi Rescue. I guess so. Bondi Rescue was a show I watched when I'd be like pumping at two in the morning when, you know, our baby was just a baby. Yes. I recall you like watch like three seasons or four seasons or something. Yeah. It's a great show. I really like it. Anyway, so obviously Kurt Russell dies. They do this huge like funeral for him. They don't seem to. No, they do one for Axe. Yeah, it's the same time. They yeah, it's the both two, of them. But it doesn't seem like Axe has any family there. They don't focus on anybody else. There's huge ceremony through the streets of Chicago. But I'm like, they, they said they had three firefighters die that year alone. Did they do three of these huge firefighting ceremonial funerals? Because I feel like the expense that went into these funerals 
was possibly part of where their budget was leaking. <laughs> Maybe. And then like, it's just like talking about Billy Baldwin's back on the fire squad. And I was just like, I, <laughs> the end of my notes, because this is the most I've ever written on any movie, because this movie is long. Yeah. After, then it's the funeral. And I'm just like, this movie just keeps going, eh? Yeah. And then I'm like, okay, I thought it was done. And then, nope, seems like it needed just a little bit more, eh? It's like Lord of the Rings. It's just like, oh, we're on our ending number four now. That's mm. that's good. Didn't need it, but here we are. You know, tighten things up, Ron Howard. Yeah. <laughs> tighten it up. So this this there's two more things I want to say before we get... I don't know if, if there's anything more that you got. No, but. no, that's... Yeah, like I, said, I wrote two pages of notes on this movie. Like, so, I was not expecting it. So one thing I wrote, there is a fact at the end of the movie. Oh, yeah. That is, there are this many firefighters working in the United States today. And that's it. It doesn't make any point about firemen. Like, it's not like, you know, budget affects them. Uh, yeah, it's blah, not blah, like, blah. yeah, like the, the, like. Thanks for your help. It's just literally this many firefighters exist. Why? <laughs> yeah, I guess like, the most pointless note ever. Like, you'd expect there'd be like. The amount of firefighters needed has grown by this much, but they've cut budgets by this month much, you know, like all these sorts of like, so, no, it's literally nothing. It's, yeah, it's there just, needed to be some sort of follow up of any kind to make that fact worth being there. Yeah. And there's none. It's just like, uh, uh, cool. Yeah. So that that was one thing. And this is similar to your gremlins story. Oh boy! My other fact, because your gremlin story was that you you were when you were a kid, you listened to the record of the gremlins thing. And was there an audio book of backdraft no. you listened to as a child? No, but <laughs> on the roof, when the roof is collapsing, there is an a cue that plays in the soundtrack. Oh boy! And I know that song so well, and it is because it is in tons of movie trailers so the soundtrack for backdraft is by hans zimmer yep a very prolific screenwriting uh, composer yeah i looked it up this cue of music is in the trailers for th first of all it's been on this show this oh. cue of music because as you know if you're a regular listener i put a, a, a short clip of the trailer Good at the beginning this trailer yeah. Oh, God. So I put a short clip of the trailer of whatever movie at the beginning just to kind of give a bit of context if for some reason somebody had never seen the movie before. The Mummy has this musical cue in it as it's as part of its trailer. Oh, so wrap it up, boys. This is the end of the show. That's uh, burnt popcorn's done, start and finish with the same cue. <laughs> the no. same. You know, just very quickly, I'm going to actually play the cue right now. Hey guys, Mike from the future here. Normally I would just edit in the music that I was talking about, but there turned out to be a small problem. I was talking about the music, and Laura didn't really get it, because she didn't hear the music. Wow. Okay, you know what? I'm actually going to pull it up, and I'll edit it, just so, just to see if you know the song, because it's in lots of stuff. Wow. Shut up. So my plan here was to play Laura the song, so that she knew what song I was talking about. I was having some troubles. This is an ad. This is also an ad. Yeah. Nope, that's the really bad song that plays over it. Hold on. 
What? Nothing. You keep sighing. I can hear you. You're sighing into a microphone. So I was having a lot of trouble finding the song. Well, as it turns out, there's never been a full release of the Backdraft soundtrack. So it didn't matter how hard I looked for the song, I could not find it to play for Laura because it didn't exist. There's no way you can listen to the song on Spotify or where people have posted it on YouTube, all of those fun things. So the only reason I actually bring this up, because it kind of really was a few minutes of me attempting to figure out this song for Laura, and it it was bothering her? Anyway. So that was a solid, what, 10 minutes of... I don't know if it was 10 minutes, but it wasn't 10 minutes. Anyway. Well, I'm sure at some point I'll actually hear it. I'm going to edit that so that it's not in there, so there's no point in you saying that. <laughs> yes, but it needed to be said. Uh-huh. So yeah, you can kind of see why I, I felt the need to pop in here. Because it's not just here, it's also throughout the rest of the episode that you can kind of hear Laura's attitude towards me attempting to find the the song and grinding the podcast to a screeching halt. Uh, for what it's worth, uh, here is the song. As I said, it's in a whole bunch of movie trailers, so I pulled it from a movie trailer. Can you guess what movie it is from, just from the sound effects? You get no prize if you get it right. Just maybe, I don't know, my respect? Let's get this movable beast underway. So here's a list of movies that that song is in the trailer for. So obviously The Mummy, which I, I just mentioned. Yeah. Pirates of the Caribbean. Minority Report. Mighty Joe Young. The Devil's Own. The Lost World. Jurassic Park. White Squall. Braveheart. A movie called The Walking Dead. Not the TV show The Walking Dead. Braveheart. In the Name of the Father and Jurassic Park. So these are all movie trailers that this song is in. Okay. And it's just so weird to hear it because I don't know it because of backdraft. I know it because of movie trailers. And here it is, just smack dab in the middle of this movie, which was just very odd to hear, I got to say. So that's why, I, that's why I know that song. Well, there you go. There you go. Anyway, that's my last thought about this movie. So, I mean, you're not impressed, so let's move on. (laughs) (laughs) Critics in 1991 had thoughts on this movie. So, Laura, why don't you fill us in on some of those past reviews? Well, I'm happy to do that for you, dear. So, this movie holds a very, very similar rating for both audience and critical score on Rotten Tomatoes. It holds a 74% positive critical and 75% positive audience score Hmm. on Rotten Tomatoes. Gene Siskel gave Backdraft a positive review saying, Backdraft is a spectacle worth observing. It may also generate a little more respect for firemen. Have we ever had a time where firemen were not respected though? I feel like this made me respect firemen less because they all look like nut jobs. Agreed. (laughs) Uh, Jonathan Rosenbaum of the Chicago, Chicago Reader said, visually speaking, the film does pretty well with fire as a spectacle. Less well with everything else and then roger ebert my boy always gotta get roger ebert says the fire scenes are so good they make me recommend the movie anyway despite its brain damaged screenplay (laughs) (laughs) but as another note real firefighters do like some of the aspects of the movie but most commented that real fire has much more smoke and steam 
but obviously that wouldn't work on film for actually seeing the movie. And the science of the arson investigation is very flawed. They also uh, generally, the the consensus among firemen is uh, they dismiss the idea that they view fires as a living entity. (laughs) (laughs) Good. Yeah. Because it makes them sound like crazy people when they talk about it like that. the, The funny thing is there are things about volcanoes and fire and stuff where like you could be like, well, it does have some qualities of a living being, but it really isn't. So like, it's one of those things where it's like, you could make the argument and it's a fun thing to like do for like a practice debate, but it's not like a real argument. Does that make sense? Yeah. Now the sequel we touched on, it came out in 2019 and William Baldwin and Donald Sutherland both reprised their roles. What? <laughs> yeah. It holds a 40% critical rating. And a 16% audience score. That's amazing that they actually reprise their roles. I mean, one, what's Billy Baldwin doing these days? But like Donald Sutherland's a highly respected actor. Donald Sutherland is probably like... Whatever, money, money, money. Oh, you know, I only got so much time left. I'll do whatever I can. I mean, Sean Connery, I mean, rest in peace, Sean Connery. Sean Connery did not... It's been a bit, but... I mean, his last few movies were not what you would consider bangers, you know? Yeah, but that's because he passed on Matrix. Well, he did pass on Matrix, and he also passed on Lord of the Rings. Yep. And instead, he did League of Extraordinary Gentlemen because he's like, well, I didn't understand those movies, and I passed on them, and they were huge hits, and I don't understand this movie, so this will be a huge hit. I honestly, I, I I saw it once and I don't remember much about it. I just but, remember I liked it and yeah. The Submarine. But anywho... Anywho, yes. Yeah, interesting. I have no desire. I might watch the trailer and laugh at it, but I have no desire to watch Backdraft 2. Yeah, so shall I go first? Yeah, yeah. It's your movie. You go first. So I thought about this long and hard, and I almost felt like because it was my movie, I should give it a higher review. But I was like, no, that's not how this works. No. No, I'd give it a plane. Mostly, again, like the reviewer said, because of the fire effects. And like, honestly, like, I'll watch anything with Kurt Russell. Like, Kurt Russell is chef's kiss in -hmm. everything. He's just great. The cast is honestly really good. I mean, even if they got the lesser of the Baldwins. I mean, they got Baldwin too. Out of four. Yeah. So, I mean, still top 50% pass. Mm -hmm. But no, everybody in the movie does a really good job. I really liked, I really liked Jennifer Jason Lee in it I, I liked that she she felt honest in like a situation as an employee that i think a lot of people can relate to is like she knows that her boss is probably a crap person but she's like she says at that point she's like literally a year ago i was serving coffee and nobody knew who i was i need this job i can't give this up when billy Baldwin was like you have to help me like figure out what he's doing and why he's doing this and she's like i i literally can't give up this job and i think we can all say we've been in a similar situation where it's like i can't go against my job i need to pay rent Mm -hmm. so i think she did a really good job in that and like performance is good like i said the effects are great music's great it's just the script doesn't make any sense it it's like it wants to be three different movies it's just it's a bit nonsense which is crazy because it's like Everyone in it, well, everyone who made this movie should have come up with a better movie. Yeah. And then here we are. But it's still, I still had fun watching it. So that's why it was plain, not burnt. A2? I thought about making it burnt because of hilarity, you know, like the fire movie. Oh, I burnt. know, same. But I, 
there's enough to it that I would I would recommend at least watching it once. It's it is it is plain. It is a it is a plain movie. Hundred percent. Like you said, the actors do a good job with what they have. It's really weird that they keep referring to the fire as an animal. Yeah. So that's something worth watching because every time anyone talks about fire, like it's a thing that is alive. They go into these weird acting trances, which is just they're the scenes are very well acted, but what they're saying is such nonsense. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's just so weird. And again, the the fire effects are thrilling. Like yeah. the scenes where they're fighting fires are so good mm-hmm. that like it is worth watching. Yeah, like the fire fighting scenes themselves. And that's kind of like one of the bummers of the movie is that once it turns into kind of like an arson investigation, there is less of the firefighting. We still get some. And it's like, you could just cut out all the scenes that aren't about fighting fires. And it would be, one, a much better movie probably for sh- length. Yeah. This movie's almost two, two and a half hours long. Yeah. And I don't think plot-wise you'd really miss that much. Yeah. That weird montage with the... Gonna need a montage. That montage with that weird sexual song. Sexual. Montage! And then you also, you feel bad about, like, if they cut out all that bit with Kurt Russell's kid, because then, like, you have that bit at the end where he's dead and it's sad. Yeah, they could have, like, cut that too, I'm, I'm sure. I mean, going back to it now, I'm thinking about Kurt Russell. I mean, he died trying to save that murderer. <laughs> yeah, know? and, like, again, he, he could have just... Like he had the files, like just send copies of the files to a bunch of different journalists. Yeah. It would get itself taken care of. There you go, hon. It's another movie. We can put it in the pile with RoboCop and. No, RoboCop I fixed with a line of dialogue. This movie just shouldn't have happened. (laughs) (laughs) Fair. Well, I think that's it. Since we know what our our thoughts are for this movie, that's going to do it for this episode of Burnt Popcorn. I am Mike. I'm Laura. And next week we will be talking about. The Matrix, which is the movie that I teased during Indiana Jones, where I was trying to like align a guest up and I I didn't get back to me in time. We get back to me and we're going to do The Matrix. I'm excited. It's our first episode. It's our first episode of the new year. So let's go to the future. The future where they pretend it's 1999. I'm on board. All right, let's do it. And I have awesome memories of this movie and the soundtrack. So I'm really hoping that it holds up so we hope you'll join us on our next episode until then we'll talk to you guys again soon